when are we getting the WAP dance? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Everybody we in chat. We need the story. We need the story. You're getting it. exposed right now. I think it's. I said if I had like 3K subs or something, I'd do it, right? You presumably hit 3K yeah. subs, uh, and we are still waiting. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> Look, chat wants it. I think this has to happen at some we've, point. We've lost all control. I love it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into another Bot Lobby podcast episode. I'm Grandmaster Gillers, one of your hosts today, as always, joined by Katie Bedford. We've taken a little bit of some time off in preparation for Warzone 2, Katie, and it's basically here, right? At the time of this recording, it's dropping tomorrow. At the time of this recording, less than 24 hours uh, at this point before everything opens up. And that seems to be all the timeline can talk about. And for good reason. I know we're all very, very excited. Of course. Well, today, as per the usual, we have a very special guest and really excited to bring this guest in for a modicum of different reasons, Katie. Obviously, one of the best Warzone players out there, you know, a top earner, arguably the best part of the best trio that's ever graced the planet from a Warzone perspective. Uh, and then also recently got signed by a brand new org who's also picked it up in a lot of other content creators so without been busy yeah they've been super busy so without further ado we want to go ahead and bring him in we want to talk to the man the myth the legend himself we're talking to noobs lg noobs these days uh noobs my friend how are we doing doing pretty good on this rainy day here yeah it's been a busy it uh been a busy yeah, couple weeks for you it has it has um, well, I really appreciate you joining us because, again, like like I was talking about right before I brought you in, there, there's a lot going on right now in, in the life of noobs, right? Uh, probably, I mean, in my opinion, a long time coming um, with this most recent org signing, but also, like, you're ramping up for Warzone 2. I know you've been ripping the Modern Warfare 2 vibes, but I'm sure you're ready for Warzone 2. Yeah, that's what I've been looking forward for the last, like, what, month? Yeah. Since Cod Next, yeah. Yeah, so. um, well, we're going to talk about COD next. We're going to talk about Modern Warfare 2. Um, we're going to talk about kind of your story. But as per usual, Katie and I like to throw a little rapid fire questions at us to break the ice a little bit and hear from you some of your favorite things about uh, the past two or three years or so that you've been doing this. So uh, we'll go back and forth. Katie and I will bounce back and forth and ask you a few questions. Um, Katie, I'll start and then we can just you, you got the next and we'll just rock and roll. Th this one is is interesting because you usually you know, play with two other people, but there's a lot of options here. So the first question is your favorite person to stream slash compete with. You have to pick one. Pick one. It's got to be Tom. Okay. My God, okay. Tom. I love it. All right. Who was the first creator or competitor that gave you an opportunity? Ah, that's a great question. Um, I think it is Tom. Really? I think it was Tom. Really? Yeah, it was. I think we played like, uh, I think it was like one of those Mazer events back in the day. Like they wow, were uh, TKRs when TKRs yeah. were still huge. Yeah. Like, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that is a throwback. Um, makes a lot of sense, though. And then you guys obviously uh, never, never, you know, really separated. Um, what is your favorite streaming slash competitive moment ever? Probably winning World Series, I'd say shoot okay yeah, yeah. I respect i respect yeah. that i respect that all right well we teased this question to you beforehand so i hope that you have thought of your answer favorite meta of all time kilo mp5 without a doubt okay see thank you a man of class and distinction no. we love the kilo okay i don't know about class and distinction it, uh, kilo MP5? <laughs> yes yes okay the kilo doesn't it just didn't coach. move it was it was so Next easy okay coach. Fine. uh favorite warzone competitive format if any gotta either be like trios trios customs or like a 2v2 Sure. Okay, we'll pick one because those are yeah, very you different. You gotta pick one. You gotta I pick gotta one. pick one. Hmm, yeah. I gotta say trios. Trios. Heck yeah. Customs. All right. Okay. All right. Uh, least favorite duo to compete against. I think. Wait, is there a certain period, or is it just like of all time? Yeah, like of all time, was there a particular mm. duo you'd come up against that you were like, "Damn it"? <laughs> I'd probably say it was like Aiden and Reese. Sure. Like we'd always get okay. bot lobbies against them, and it was just. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they just, might have been doing something yeah. weird, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's very true. Aiden, Aiden and uh, Rated uh, early days were just disgusting, 2v2s in particular. Um, do you have... Okay, so you guys, you've obviously won a ton of tournaments. Uh, do you have any game day rituals, like from dating way back 50 years ago or something that's something you've picked up more recently? 
Gotta be getting Chick Fil A, dude. Game day. Yeah. What's your order? What's your order? (laughs) It's it's just like a a a chicken sandwich. Chicken sandwich. Uh. Sure. Nothing else. Just a chicken sandwich. Yeah, just chicken sandwich, fries, drink. You know. Okay, fries and drink. Yeah. Gotta keep it classy. This (laughs) might be my favorite episode already. I was not <laughs> expecting the Chick-fil-A plug. I'm here for it. Chick-fil-A, if you're looking for uh, a good podcast to sponsor, you just let job. us know. Oh, wow. That's amazing. All right. If you uh, if you could do any dream brand deal right now, and it's not Chick-fil-A, who would it be? Chipotle. <laughs> Second favorite. <laughs> John, we get Adidas. Uh, we get Nike. We get Red Bull. And we get Chipotle, and I like it. Dude, I like it. I, I, honestly, I agree. If I could have free Chipotle for a year or something like that, like some of those tourneys they gave out that, I mean, that's that's a that's a big win in my book. Um, I love it. I love the food takes. I am so here for it. Well, uh, Noob, thanks for uh, entertaining us there at the beginning of this. And, and I want to, as we kind of take a step back and talk about some of those moments we've already brought up in the rapid-fire questions, I really want to start, um, you know, even before we start talking about Luminosity, I really want to start with you. Like, I want to start with your beginnings. Um, this doesn't have to be some, you know, drawn-out two-hour monologue, but I do want to yeah. hear because I think a lot of people, myself included, like, you know, knew you had some sort of a competitive background before Warzone, but didn't really know the details of that. And then also, even before that, like, when did you get started in Call of Duty? So, so take me back to the very beginning. When was Noob's first like entry into the Call of Duty world? I think it was like when, whenever MWR was released. So that's the first game I think I played like S and D and actually like got my name out there, right? So yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, so you started, uh, you started in the SED world. Uh, let, let's let's fast forward a little bit. What brought you into then the Warzone world? Like, what was that transition like? Um, how long did that take? Was it something that you just decided on the fly, or was it kind of like a slow process? Uh, it was a slow process because I was originally playing like uh, Challengers still, but uh, I couldn't get a team, so I think I just started playing Warzone and I found it fun. Then found CMG and I just started playing like wagers, one dollar wagers, five dollars, stuff like that, and uh, just got into the comp scene that way. Got we my have a lot of people who have started with those CMG. I mean, there's so many different sites, but a lot of them who've started those stories with those one dollar wagers and have really built from that point. And I, I think it's kind of an interesting when when we get to later questions that we always ask people on this podcast, which is, and we'll get there with you, kind of what advice you'd offer to people. I think it is always a reassuring story to the upcoming next generations in Call of Duty, Coach, that everyone and and some of the best of the best like noobs they all started at that same point at that one dollar wager yeah so so you're ripping one dollar five dollar wagers early um and you talked about tom potentially giving you kind of your first big break where was the first kind of jump start for the noobs brand right because just playing wagers doesn't automatically give you success albeit sometimes it can if you get a little bit lucky and you start you know slamming wins every single time but talk to me yeah. about the first kind of like bit of success that you you grabbed and, and took off with uh, I think the first like bit was I think there was like a $20,000 go boom code red. I think yeah. it was like me and Tekka. I think we placed like second in that. And then uh, the second part was like, I think the 100k NYSL, like the first ever draft went, it was like me, Teep and Doug ended up winning that. So, yeah. So, so you had, you know, kind of started with a little bit of success and then found these big tournaments and that was really sort of projectiling your, your career into the, yeah. the stratosphere because you really have been insanely, uh, you know, talented of course, but also just winning. Like you've won a ton, whether it's with Huskers and, and Verdansk, but some TV2 stuff, or if it's with TBE and kind of speaking of TBE, we always ask this question when we're, we're hearing your story, what, uh, where did noobs come from a, and then talk to me a little bit about that story of, of TBE in your name. How did we come? I totally forgot. I think it was, I think it all stemmed from that Mazer that I was telling you about. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Cause like, yeah, that's how I met Reese too. Um, okay. It was like me, Reese, Ben, Tom back then. And uh, I think afterwards, I think we actually didn't play that good, but I think he just liked how we played and he just asked us for another trios tournament and that's where it stemmed from. So, 
Okay, so so that's where is that where TBE stood stand? For? Yeah. Okay, okay. What where yeah. did your Twitter come from? bio? So in your Twitter handle, you I, I believe you were saying previously that yeah. that you you spoke it into existence. You had some sort of witchcraft because that predates that tournament, correct? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just had the like TBE was just a joke at the time. Like whenever I made my Twitter, you know, people used to have some like TBE in their name. I thought that was cool, so I put it in. Which meant like the best ever, right? Yeah. And a few mm -hmm. years later, you, we just it was Tom Ben Ed somehow, somewhere. So. And it's, it, it's funny. It's a little. It's a little spooky that you put that in your name, and then not only does that become your trio, but then the best trio uh, in the Caldera era, certainly yeah. of Warzone, and some of the the top earners as well. I'm not gonna say, you know, speaking into existence, but that's certainly what it feels like it was. Nah, it definitely feels like that for sure. Yeah, it's super cool. Where where did the name Noobs come from? Because you've had that for a while, right? Like even through Challengers. Yeah. Um. Honestly, I think I just had it from when I was growing up, and it was just something different compared to like everyone else's. So I just kept with it. Heck yeah. So it was just like a random name that you like. Came yeah, up just with? like a random name. Yeah. I, I I like it. That's kind of similar to to like Goge Brand and things like that. So I'm I'm here for that. The the long standing names that have no backstory besides it was a random name I came up with and it stuck. Uh, is always a win in my book for sure. Yeah. Well, I, Katie, I wanted to talk a little bit about, um, you know, we've heard a little bit of that background story, but but let's mm -hmm. actually talk about Warzone um, proper and, and your bout with TB because I think a lot of people like know this, but I would love to kind of hear from your perspective, this trio and why it makes sense for you. Like obviously TB is now become not only just a funny tagline that you put on your name, um, but it has now become this like, iconic trio name that people know you say tbe yeah. in any warzone setting and anybody that follows the scene knows who you guys are and that that tbe represents that trio so um when was the first time that like really you um you know ben and, and tom became close and then was there a moment throughout competition where you were like oh we can't lose like we have to keep running this as hard as we can uh I hold up, guy. I'm not gonna lie. Sorry, I, I blanked out for a second. Oh, um, what did you ask? No, yeah. I just tell me a little bit more about the TBE story and like, was there a moment in particular where you were like, "Oh, we're gonna win everything. We need to run with this." Um, I think after after we won a few of those, uh, were they proving grounds back in the day, right? Yeah. In Verdance, yeah, we won a few of those, and like, I think we went on like two or three P for those, and we were like. Man, we could really make a run, so we just stuck with it. Were there any points where it got rocky? Because from the outside, all we see is the success, right? And even if you aren't winning tournaments, it feels like if anything, you're podium, you're you're on the podium, right? And you're winning some amount of money. Were there rough rough patches within this? Because it's still going strong now. Um, no, there's really never been like rough patches. Like we're like even though we lose, like we still have fun. Like in the tournaments, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, we're upset for like a for a few right after, but after we're all we're all pretty good and chill. Yeah. Is is there uh, like an X factor? Like, is there a reason the chemistry just works, or you guys just quickly became friends and it's just like, oh, we're gonna have a good time no matter what. Like, we we've got this in the bag. Um, I think it's just because that we know that we're like we're all talented. Like, we could do. Everyone can slay. Everyone can IGL. Like, we all take turns IGLing. So it's like not a problem, right? Yeah, yeah. Which is certainly uh, not something that every team can say, right? Like, you know, what's yeah. interesting about this and kind of where I was going with some of these questions are like TBE has been a consistent trio since, you know, Verdansk essentially. And Caldera in particular, you guys came into your own. We're at the top of the leaderboards all the way through basically the entirety of Caldera except for the, the 100K obviously shakes things up um with the solo yellow so it's like yeah. you know you guys had something that nobody else had which was long-standing experience and anybody that has ever roomed with anyone or worked with anybody knows there's always rough patches in communication mm -hmm. and friendship and there just never seemed to be a chink in the armor if you will for your trio so that that was where the question was coming from is like you guys really never had like a ton of disagreements like thought about yeah. splitting up it's just really been all like amazing all the way through the last year yeah that's really um, a unicorn situation in cod if that's the case yeah no we never really had any of that um oh. that, at least that i can remember like maybe we'll have like a disagreement here and there of like what we should have done right but yeah hmm. quickly sort that out 
Yeah. And that, that certainly seems to come with this idea of like, oh, we're all, you know, we're all amazing. We all know we're amazing or good at the game rather or whatever, you know, check the yeah. egos at the door. And uh, you're also, it, there's no specific IGL. There's nobody like I'm in charge of this group um, telling us where to go. You guys kind of trade off in that. And that has been something yep. pretty unique to your team as well. It's cool. Yep. Well, let's talk a little bit um, about kind of moving into more present day. Um, TBE had its longstanding run and super successful. And then there was a little bit of a, of a step off. Of course, World Series of Warzone win was massive for you guys um, on the first World Series. And so as we kind of look towards the present day and then as we start looking towards the future, let's let's talk through COD next because you had a chance to travel out to COD next with Katie um, and, and 198 other content creators or competitors. Talk to me about that experience. What was that like? Have you ever done anything like that? Like traveling that far for a massive event? Like, like walk me through that. Um, well, that was like my first event as like a content guy, right? Like yeah. not actually competing. Um, cause like I've went to a few lands prior, like for CDA, CWL and stuff, but, um, that was like my first ever big content, uh, event. It was, uh, definitely amazing. What was your, um, because I assume you watched the most recent streams from the Warzone specific event that they showcased for Warzone 2 recently a few days ago. But uh, what was your impressions of the game, both getting that hands on experience with it um, and seeing what you've seen recently, um, considering it comes out at the time of this recording tomorrow? Um, I think they did change a few things that we had a few concerns, like s some looting. Like in the original, when we played at COD Next, I think like ammo didn't pick up automatically. I think that was like a big thing that uh, ended up changing this time around, which I'm happy with. Because yeah, I don't want to be sitting there like looting for ammo for like five minutes, right? Yeah. Well, I yeah. know looting yeah. was one of those major topics of discussion, I believe, along with things like kind of AI and yeah. and everything else. So that certainly makes a lot of sense. But when you when you look at the map, it's going to give you much more of an ode to Verdansk as opposed to Caldera. And did you have a preference between those two? Obviously, you had a massive amount of success on Caldera. But do you kind of have a preference in map design to one or the other? Um probably just like the preference of it being a little more flat land compared to um caldera caldera was just like a like an elevator like you had to go up so many uh mountains and stuff right to get to areas until they added balloons which made it easier to rotate so i say like verdance was probably like the better map yeah a bit uh like a bit cleaner sure yeah um, well, as we kind of start looking at Warzone 2, and I know there's there's a lot of what ifs or what will happen, and we're just going to kind of have to wait and see. I, I think I would love to hear from your perspective, like, is DMZ something that you're going to touch at all from your perspective? Or is it kind of like, I just want to run through Warzone 2? Like, talk to me a little bit about your plans for, for Warzone 2 and DMZ. Um, I'd probably give it a shot. I'm not too, like, I've never played a game like, uh, it's supposed to be like Escape from Tarkov, sort of, right? right? Kind of. I've never played like a game like that, so... I'll probably give it a go, see how I feel about it, and go from there. Well, my curiosity about that is, and I, I don't think necessarily they have to be great, but yeah. if they're both good and you are provided with two Call of Duty experiences that aren't multiplayer, you can play Warzone, say you play, you grind all day, you get a little tired, you switch over to DMZ. I'm very curious to see what kind of um, kind of co-mingling relationship those two game modes can have and obviously pure speculation if any sort of competitive aspect would creep up from a format like dmz is certainly interesting to speculate on go but go i know kind of the the um the curiosity the excitement the news of the hour uh, and really recently has been um involving noobs has been involving a lot of other major players in the space yeah it's time for us to get to the conversation at hand noobs you just got signed by luminosity gaming i mean first of all congratulations my friend that is super sick picked up a whole warzone squad so lot to talk about here just break down a little bit about that process uh about uh the lg deal i mean i know it was probably exciting to to really you know get signed by an org but this is something that you've been wanting slash talking about slash leaking slash you know tweeting about yeah. for a really long time so talk, <laughs> yeah talk me through that process um it all started off because i think the the alex like his name is alex like g logics on twitter right he tweeted out like who what content creators interested in uh si or like 
LG should sign, right? Yeah. And I actually ended up responding to that tweet, and he ended up shooting me a DM. And that's how it all spired okay. from there. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Shot my shot. Let's go. And it worked. Wow. Yeah. So wait, and had you had previous conversations with anyone before then? Because again, this is we we had talked so many times about you on the podcast before we actually had the pleasure of having you join us, and it was always a conversation of. When is it noobs time? Uh, obviously, your teammates are TBE. You're going to see Almond, Tommy. They're getting picked up. Everyone else yeah. is getting picked up. And we're sitting here saying he's such a high earner. He's so successful. When is he going to be a part of a large org? Mm -hmm. So did you have people uh, reaching out to you previously? Or was this um, kind of shooting your shot with LG the only conversation you'd had? No, I actually had like two prior, but... There was one, I, I will say, like, I'm, I'm not going to say the name, obviously, but there was an org that strung me along for quite a while and ended Ooh. up, um, like, stringing me to the point to where the first org that offered backed out. So I was just waiting on the second, and the second org didn't, never no. ended up signing me. So then I was out for, like, any org up until, like, now. So you were, you had yeah. two ongoing conversations. You're perhaps more inclined to the second. They string yeah. you along to the point that you lose both. Yeah. But then you end up on LG. So there's yeah. a very happy that ending to this story. But <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, we know you're a private person, so that wasn't something that you were going to really talk about publicly. But that that had to have been a, a pretty disheartening experience. Yeah, no, it was. But. I mean, I knew something would come along eventually, like seeing how the Warzone scene was like, there was so much money like being thrown into it. Like there was bound to be another org coming around the corner, signing people. So yeah, I wasn't too worried. So you've shot your shot with LG, DMs, you guys go through some contact negotiations. When did you find out that, oh, they're also signing like a ton of other people that I also get to like, you know, be like org mates with, if you will, like teammates with? Um, I think... When did I find out? Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. I think right as I signed, like, I I got put in, like, a group chat with all the people, like, they're signing, right? And I saw, like, a bunch oh, of wow. them. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, they're they're investing heavily into the Warzone scene. So I was, like, hyped for that. Yeah, investing heavily is a great way to put it because you've got, uh, you know, you, Huskers, P90, Breadman, and then most recently, Kins was also announced with that, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so you're in this massive. So you're saying, wait, you're telling me you <laughs> didn't know Huskers was going to be a part of LG until you joined the group chat? No, no, no. Well, I knew him, but like, okay, okay. The, okay, the other okay. ones I didn't. Like Bread, I didn't know yet. I don't think I knew of P90 up until like a while before they announced, because we all had to film it together, right? So that's when I yeah. found out, and uh, yeah. Yeah, so that's how I found out for them. So where did, where did filming take place? How was filming? <laughs> because look, I'm seeing people crawling across the floor. I'm seeing there was a lot going on in that video. Uh, we actually filmed it in Arizona, uh, Phoenix, Arizona, where like Husk and P90 live. So it was close to them. They had to do like a sponsored thing, so it was just way easier for everyone to be in that area to film it. Yeah, and uh, we filmed at like some Airbnb. That's where like the shots were taken. <laughs> Heck yeah. Was was this like somebody scripted this, right? I would assume. Like, did they hand oh, you? Oh yeah, yeah. They hand you a script and be like, "All right, hey buddy, uh, you signed up to be a Warzone player, but now you're an actor." Like, what was? Yeah. Walk yeah. me through that process. That was crazy. Yeah, no. Um, I think the night before we had our flights, they sent us like a script. And I was rereading. I was like, "Oh man, dude, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to do this." <laughs> and then it uh, it ended up coming out. You saw. Yeah. Yeah. Were there retakes involved? Oh yeah, I messed up like the first the first scene. I think it to actually I messed it up like seven times in a row. <laughs> seven times. When I'm watching, I'm watching the video oh, yeah. right now, and obviously starts with Breadman. You guys are all in the bunk bed. So you're telling me you messed up sitting up in the bunk bed and rubbing your eyes. <laughs> well, there's like a few lines they wanted, but yeah, they ended up just chalking and making it simpler because. Look, I, an actress, I am not. So I probably would have been as anxious uh, as you are. Something like that can, I mean, that can be nervous when you have cameras pointed in your face like that. Here's, here's the thing. I've been there. Sometimes I try to memorize sponsor reads and you get about halfway through the line and your brain yeah. just collapses. Yeah. It's gone. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I, I think 
I think they even threw in like one of those, uh, one of the, like the mistakes towards the end. Yeah, the, uh, no blooper. Yeah, the bloopers yeah. at the end were comedy. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. So you've, you've met your team. You're you're part of LG. You guys filmed this whole thing, which was hilarious and, and a cool way to announce it. Um, of course, Kins kind of gets brought in, brought into the mix after the fact. But um, I, I, you probably can't tell us a lot of the the these answers, but. From LG perspective, like how's the first you know month or so been with LG? Are you you guys like actively working on like content as a group? Is there like anything specific that you like are supposed to like do with them that um you know the public will see? Um, well we're we filmed like one content which was the one they posted the other day on their channel, right? <laughs> um, I do like a few headshots, stuff like that, like a few intros, but other than that, nothing too crazy just yet. Cool. Have they talked about, um, and obviously, again, what you would be able to say uh, on a podcast, but have they talked about their future plans for content they want to do with you guys? Because um, leaning in this heavily to Warzone, obviously, we can only read the tea leaves, but if you're going to sign that many people, then it tends to signal that Luminosity would be deeply invested in yeah. all aspects of getting the most out of you guys as Warzone players. So have they talked to you guys about that, about any future plans? Um, not yet. Uh, not that I've heard of, but they do want to do like get content with us as like a four, right? Um, that's the only thing I've heard from them at the moment. They've told me. Cool. Well, we'll certainly look forward to seeing yeah. how that uh, how that ends up playing out. Yeah, I uh, I'm really excited to see it. The, the org conversation is a fun one because there's a, there's some teams that are dropping people and there's a lot of teams that are picking up people, whether it's uh, content creators, competitors, or otherwise. So again, congratulations on that. A, a fun story and hilarious video. We'll make sure to to link the video down in the description of the YouTube video. Wait, no, hold on. Wait, hold on. What? Hold on. I don't mean to interrupt you, but there was a question in chat that is very much so needing to be asked from Dean and uh, uh, noobs. Um, when are we getting the WAP dance? Because I will not say the whole thing. Uh, it's been about eight months. So when are when are we getting that? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I call we'll wait and see. Tell the story. What's the story? I know. We need contacts. We need contacts. I don't know. They just came up with a. They want me to do the WAP. I don't know. <laughs> There's definitely a story here that chat's gonna have to tell us because you oh, won't. Okay, all men just bumping to someone in chat knows what the whole oh, story dear. is. He's a scammer. Oh, no, no. Tell the story, no. dudes. Everybody we in chat. We need the story. We need the story. You're getting it. exposed right now. <laughs> Why are they saying you're a scammer, dudes? Oh, okay. Um, it's because I think back in the day, this is where dance. I think they clipped it, and uh, I think it's. I said if I had like three K subs or something, I'd do it. Right. <laughs> Sure. Okay, yeah, so so you said three K subs. You you presumably hit three K yeah, subs, yeah. and we are still waiting on the wasp. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so look, chat wants it. I think this has to happen at some we've, point. We've lost all control. I love it. <laughs> I love it. We're having a great time. Uh, okay, LG WAP. We've talked for days. We've talked talk TBE and the in the craziness that that was. Um, we've kind of been able to like walk through your story here. Is is there like I think the best part is talking with you now after the fact because i know there was there was a while you and i had some conversations in dms too about like kind of the grind and and getting into the content creation world and competitor world and katie kind of teased this earlier but you know there's a lot of people trying to do what you're doing right there's a lot of people trying to act uh in videos and make content and and play in tournaments and you know become larger in the space like what would be your advice to anybody else trying to kind of follow in your footsteps that's maybe more tournament inclined mm. Honestly, I think the turn just create more content like do YouTube do TikToks. like a lot of these tournaments like as of like right now, they don't really look at the skill of players. They look at like obviously your socials more than anything, right? Yeah, so I'd say just focus on content like especially if you're competing, it'll help you in the long run get into these big tournaments and stuff like that. Well, and speaking of content, do you have plans of your own? Anything you're ramping up as we get into Warzone 2? Because we know when something first drops, when you get a game that is for first hitting, like we're going to get with Warzone 2 tomorrow, that is one of those major opportunities. So what, what plans do you have? Uh, Honestly, just do what I've been doing. Um, Just keep on pushing out like YouTube, TikTok, stuff like that. Right? Um. 
Yeah, that's about it. Are you going with? I, I've seen. I mean, I've seen some of the growth that you guys uh, have had on TikTok. I know you were working with an editor for a while, and it's been it's yeah. been great to see. Are you are you leaning more heavily into like, uh, you know, high quality, high action clips? Uh, are you doing some educational content, or is it mostly just kind of gameplay and, and gun videos and things like that? Uh, just gameplay, gun videos, like funny clips, just like yeah. that. Yeah, I like it. I love it. Uh, well, noobs, I appreciate you coming on, my friend. This has been a blast already, uh, and uh, I. I the Chick-fil-A answer at the beginning sent me and the, the Chipotle sponsorship sent me. Appreciated <laughs> those a ton. Uh, is there anything else that, like, maybe any shout-outs to your community, anybody that you want to talk about or anything we haven't asked you that you would love to, to kind of mention before we, we close it out here? Uh, no, not that I could think of at the moment. No WAP, nothing to say? <laughs> no, Absolutely no. Not. I plead the fifth on that. <laughs> All right, well, I'll shout somebody out for you. We've got Smitzy in the chat supporting. Um, I, I do want to hear to kind of finish up our, our episode uh, with you today before we go into some of our Shitters Digest content. Um, to hear a little bit about the the duo, uh, you and Smix ran um, quite a bit of co-ed events back in the day. Um, some more so now are you guys intending to continue to to duo for co-ed events and generally play together more often or is are we lolling we changing teammates what's going on i don't know we'll have to wait and see <laughs> sure we'll have to nothing. wait and see. We'll nothing <laughs> out see i love it i'm so here for this uh, <laughs> uh this is the best interview i've ever had in my entire life noobs Thank you for joining us. Uh, yeah. And uh, we love Smixie in this house. So we'll wait and see uh, with bated breath to see if you guys continue to play together. But um, appreciate you hopping on and kind of telling your story and, and kind of where you came from. Appreciate you guys having me. Before we get into Shitter's Digest, can we can we spam some W's in the chat for noobs? That was my favorite interview maybe we've ever had. Can we just get some W's and some heart spams in the chat for noobs? Big that dubs, was, please. I, Big dubs. He got me crying laughing and uh, was fantastic. And so we've got a little more content to talk about before we close this episode out. Yes. We've got our, our section called the Shitter's Digest where we're talking about all the drama in the scene, uh, anything crazy going on outside of, of course, our favorite guests that we bring on. And I think... The first thing, Katie, that we have to talk about is yes. what we've already started the conversation on, conversation on, which is the org conversation. There's a lot going on in the organization okay. side of esports, specifically around Warzone, right? I like the clap to emphasize that. I'm clapping. Good. I'm here for it. I can hear it. It's great. Um, so Luminosity, they signed, mm -hmm. you know, five people back to back to back to back to back. Um, at least they all get announced around the same time. We had the four-person content video. Um, with Huskers, P90, Bread, and Noobs all a part of that. Then we had Kins, right, signed mm -hmm. and announced right after that. So five people mm -hmm. get signed by Luminosity. They're hitting Warzone hot and heavy very early in the game before Warzone Have we seen a major org signing in Warzone ever that was as substantial as as what LG has done before the Warzone 2 launch? Not that many people all at one time. Um, there have been a series of people. I mean, we had the, the kind of Boston inception of that team that then started right. signing people for content and over the next like six to eight months where we saw them kind right. of string along but nothing like this and i think a, a lot of other signings that were really influential we had iceman isaac get signed by the yes. guard that was a, a massive mm -hmm. moment and his announcement of him kind of retiring from the military and actually going full-time finally which is hilarious that he wasn't full-time because he's been killing it right um so he gets signed by the guard uh then we've got hold on, i had i made this tweet with all of these people's names on it we had yes. Um, you know, on, on the kind of like B tier orgs, if you will, the smaller orgs, we had omit going hot and heavy as they usually do into uh, the, the war zone scene. They picked up Sage and Veiled, Autorize and Mayapo, which is like the mm -hmm. tourney demon squad, right? We had Uncivil yes. Queens signed by Carnage Clan. Um, mm -hmm. And then we had Team Diverge go hard as well, not only signing, but also taking their current signees and their new signees of Shifty right. and Hosoka all putting them into a content house in LA. So it's very obvious that there is, Whoa, there is an LA yeah. content house. Correct. That is, that's going to be, look, okay, look, if there's one thing I know that tends to hold true when it comes to young, um, young men in content houses, keep it clean, people. Throw your trash sure. away. I know y'all are going to order a lot of DoorDash. Oh, it goes in the trash. No, everything else, do whatever you want. But look, I've seen this game play out a few times. Go throw your trash away, okay? Yeah, I respect that. No, their content they've been putting out is actually pretty impressive. So TD has been doing fantastic. We see Shifties in the chat. Let's go. So we've uh -huh. got, we've got uh -huh. a lot of people being signed. 
On the reverse side of the coin, we go to what I would call you an S plus tier org, some of our top orgs. We start looking at phase, what's going on with phase. You know, nothing much has been stirred around the pot when it comes to Warzone. No big changes, ups or downs. Um, but then you swing over to, of course, you know, complexity. We've got the Baca Bros over there um, that have been killing it. Uh, you've got obviously Tim the Tatman a part of that, which are all going to be very directly tied to Warzone. I know the Baca Bros have been working directly with Activision on a lot of events and things like that, which is great. I recently did the uh, Boktober Bash, yep. um, which was uh, not Warzone 2, but S&D. But um, I do know that they have uh, a lot of plans for the future, which will, of course, involve uh, Warzone 2. Yeah, and then finally, this is kind of our, our hot topic of the, of the point of order here, is that on the opposite side of the coin, we've got 100 Thieves letting Tommy and yes. Raided's contracts laps right Expire, uh, yeah. did, did not re-sign them back tommy of course the top earner in warzone ever rated inside the top five as well i believe mm -hmm. um so so massive kind of drops from a competitive side and this is where the actual conversation is is what is the value of a warzone competitor slash content creator for orgs right. and you and i both have kind of some history in esports and some back background to some of this we don't have all of it though so a lot of this conversation we're about to have katie is some conjecture and some you know estimated assumptions based on what we know about the industry yeah. right um but it is very interesting to see both of those two players get you know their contracts be let expire and not re-signed and now they're they're homeless if you will from the org side of things yeah, I, I mean, here's the thing. Usually when it when it comes to org signings, org signings tend to always benefit the org more than they are going to benefit the content creator signing to them. Um, that's just how the nature often of that power dynamic plays out. That's why, and I've said it before, if you're signing with an org, you usually want to sign on a singular year contract and work from there. You don't want to be caught in a situation where you sign a multi-year contract, you blow up, and then you're stuck at rates and levels from before the blow up, but you're contractually obligated. There's nothing you can do about it. We have seen that situation play out before but it is a great question though because i say as you said um yes maybe the org is going to benefit more but to what extent are they benefiting and is it truly going to be worth it to them in the end and what i mean by something like that is if you are an amazing competitor you still need something beyond that especially if you're not a competitor who is in an actual league are you a pro player yeah, because yeah. Uh, competitive war zone professional play very different things and i think when you come to signing a pro player it's going to have different metrics for an organization to use if you're a competitive war zone player you have to have those stats to back it up because the question is how are they going to monetize you and if they're not monetizing directly through your stream then what are they actually getting out of it every time you win a tournament are they taking a cut of the proceeds how is that working for them is that cut even a drop enough in the bucket for them to care and i'm not surprised perhaps to see a hundred t looking at this and maybe saying we don't want to lean into this anymore obviously we are all all full steam ahead at project x they've been putting out a lot of information about that recently um but it is that assessment is this worthwhile to I think we may have lost Katie, um, at least for a moment. So I'll, I'll kind of cover until she gets back, unless it's my side. Uh, it looks like I'm still good and she is not. So uh, we'll, we'll keep going right here. Uh, F's in the chat for Katie. But she was making a really, really good point, right? And uh, because when it comes to monetization of orgs, uh, one of the massive ways that orgs monetize is actually through sponsorships, right? You bring in sponsors and what you'll do is you package up all of your content creators, all of your team into one big package and you pitch your team to them, right? And so when you start pitching your team, you have all the CCVs of your team as one big package. It's really simple. So the more content creators, the better, because that pitch becomes even higher. And then you can actually like mitigate some of your margin in between some of those players. If you're marketing one player by themselves in their own CCVs, You'll have that sponsorship go for six months or something like that. And then you're looking at returns on six months or a year and saying, is this continue like worth it to continue rather than, hey, I've got my entire team. Maybe this person's not doing well from a conversion standpoint, but this person's doing well from a conversion standpoint. So our overall org contract works out for our team. So, you know, it makes sense that LG would sign a large group together, um, but 
you know, when you're signing one individual player, is that worth it? And then when you're signing people that are maybe, you know, co not content creators, really just tournament players, is that ever worth it? Because when you start talking about tournament players, their content is their stream and their stream alone. Maybe they, you know, maybe they run some YouTube videos. Maybe they do things like that. That's going to actually like create some sort of like viewpoints, like CCVs on, on other platforms um, or overall views and impressions on other platforms. But usually our big tournament competitors, we'll use Tommy for instance, isn't really putting out a lot of content, is just driving traffic to their stream. And so how valuable are CCVs is really the ultimate like money question. So it's a fun conversation to have. Um, not surprised to see Rated and Tommy drop. Will not be surprised if they get picked up by another org that's maybe not S plus like 100 Thieves. 100 Thieves is really good at usually looking at their bottom line and determining whether or not things are worth it uh, pretty quickly, regardless of kind of community sentiment. So um, I'll be very curious to see who goes for the stab at Tommy and Rated. The other question that this poses is that, um, you know, as we kind of finish up the episode here, it doesn't look like Katie will be able to come back. The other question that this poses, though, is there was leaks and i can talk about this now and this is exactly what lamb is bringing up there were leaks there were conversations going on about warzone league like this was a real conversation that was being had behind the scenes um about this warzone league that was potentially happening this is why we saw a quick and and you know dirty pickup of a lot of our warzone players very early in the warzone life cycle when we're talking about um in ysl oh katie's back congratulations welcome back um oh, i've been let out of the dark cave yes you have we we're we we're talking we're here we meaning the chat and i are now talking about kind mm -hmm. of this this leak of the warzone league early in in the warzone life cycle that caused nysl to pick up aiden that caused hundred thieves to pick up tommy right. and rated because these people weren't necessarily picked up for their content they were originally picked up for this idea of hey we're trying to field a warzone team on top right. of the fact that they're driving great CCVs. Um, so the question is, with all of these other people getting picked up, is there another yeah. leak happening? Is there another conversation happening of like, oh, if this happens, we want to make sure we have an entry point or, mm -hmm. or not, right? Right. I, I think that's the thing. It all really relies on what Activision wants. And uh, from everything that we've ever heard, and I, look, Goj, I'm going to need you to keep moving because you're so still that I just panicked for a second and my internet had <laughs> dropped. <laughs> but um, I, I, it's it's a great question because a lot of the sentiment we have, have seen, and I'm not going to speak for anyone, so take this with a grain of salt, is that that's not the direction they're interested yep. in it going. Yep. Um, so there might be internal debate happening about this, but I have never seen anything that indicated that Activision does want to step in a truly competitive direction. Maybe they're keeping it massively under wraps. I, I don't know. I would certainly like to see it go in that direction, but I, I haven't even heard really a murmuring of that. Yeah, no, and that's where I was going with this next is like, maybe there was a leak. Sure. I, the answer is no, it, at least not right now from what we understand, because what's going on behind the scenes is they're probably going to like take a look at how Warzone 2 does overall. And if it is as well received as Modern Warfare 2 from a budget or right. monetary standpoint, that means the rest of their budget can theoretically increase, which means, oh, we can actually start having a conversation on, is this valuable? Is this worth it? Could we right. see some sort of longevity with this? The big issue with Warzone since the beginning of the life cycle of this game is not viewership. It's viewership towards one specific channel. There has never right. been a time where a main broadcast has done better than a individual streamer whereas that's always the case in any esports uh you know league or going on because a most players aren't allowed to stream b even right. when they are allowed to stream the main broadcast viewership is still highly valuable given the tools yeah. that 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 game has co-streaming is deeply limited to yeah. a very small amount of people like you can take league of legends as a great example yeah. of this um not very many people are allowed to to co-stream that and exactly what you said right either they're on land on stage literally they cannot be streaming or they're not allowed to and that does funnel all of that viewership into one location that is not possible right now uh with with warzone um and, and i agree that does make a lot of those discussions even trickier when you talk about um roi and everything else yeah and well that's the other thing too it's like we've already established that 
Warzone viewership is dictated by the people that like certain streamers. What I mean by that is, let's say Huskers just drives, you know, 10,000 people to his stream. That doesn't mean or that's CCV. So that's on average. So you're looking at probably an eight to 10 times multiple of that. So anytime right. Huskers turns on a stream, he's looking at 80 to 100,000 unique Idiot. viewers. Swag. Yeah. So many of Who, these people. Yeah, whoever. We'll use Huskers for an example. Let's say he has 80,000 unique viewers coming through his stream. That doesn't mean 80,000 unique viewers that are interested in seeing a main broadcast that also involves right. Huskers. They're interested in just watching Huskers and Huskers alone. So when you go to a main broadcast, you're losing like... 80 to 90 percent of those these are random numbers but probably something similar in comparison to a game maybe even like apex or even like you know obviously league it's you're not looking for an individual streamer's perspective you're looking for the general event because i like the game or i like the league that's already been established it would be very 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 difficult to retrain the warzone viewer brain to mm -hmm. want to watch an event broadcast it's probably impossible at this point in its life cycle in my opinion well, i believe and correct me if i'm wrong i believe once upon a time league did this or at least considered doing this but um there is also a world in which if they did want to turn it into a pro war zone scene formalize things that um one way to solve that problem, and I believe this is what League did at some point, was offering some sort of a subscription service that gives you access during those tournaments to the specific POV of that specific player and only that player that you want to watch. So, for example, maybe you aren't interested in the main broadcast. You don't, you don't care about the commentators. You don't care about whatever anyone else is doing. You only want to see Aiden or Huskers. Yeah. Well, then whatever that subscription may be, that nominal fee gives you access to then just watching that person. I certainly think there's things like that that could be an area of discussion. But again, it all hinges on the fact of are they even in this realm of thought at all and i don't i don't know if they are and that does make me um i think a little bit i, I bummed out for a, a lot of reasons but i think too it always goes back to the discussion for me goj of how many other competitive esports or competitive adjacent games have such a strong top level um community of women in that game who consistently place well and are hyper competitive in that arena and i don't think there are a lot others outside of warzone that already have that ecosystem yeah no that's a good point um for sure and i think you know albeit league and warzone are not really a great comparison it's something that you and i are both familiar with and of course they have some incredible you i know, think viewerships. the concept uh, of that is something that i, I think could if they choose to go that route and that concern that you have is very valid, something like a subscription service to that that gives you access to exactly who you want to see and maybe their audio and everything else sure. um, would be a viable way to ease people, I think, into that concept. Yeah, I think it will have to be an easing process. The the biggest comparison you can make is FNCS, uh, Fortnite slash Apex, mm -hmm. ALGS. Both of those are... Um, you know, thriving at least to some degree. The question is how profitable are they? Uh, I think that's another topic of discussion later. But uh, regardless, if you look at ALGS, you look at Apex, you look at Fortnite and the benefits that the main broadcast bring from a, a graphics perspective, information perspective, giving you information on the overall event, but mostly and majorly the caster mode that it offers that gives mm -hmm. you a larger context on the game yes. that you couldn't get from an individual player's perspective that's Correct. that's the key if we're even going to yes. have a conversation about a league we have to have a very robust caster commentator theater Correct. observer mode whatever you want to call it or we can't even generally have this conversation because jumping between twitch streams is not an actual broadcast as much as i want to say it is because it's literally my career has built my career mm -hmm. um it, that's not an actual broadcast that's a glorified watch party Right. And so, no, I, I agree. And I think you're hitting the nail on the head exactly when you say this. There's certain fundamental features that must be baked into the product to then take the next step and have discussions about other things um, that would come from a a more formalized competitive setting. And I do I do agree that caster mode. Yes, you're not going to get the POV of your favorite streamer constantly, which is really a, what the majority, I think, of these people care about. But providing a experience that you cannot get from 
any person participating in that event except the main broadcast via that caster mode, providing that information and insight that you otherwise could not get is absolutely a tangible draw that makes it more valuable, will draw more eyes. Yep, it is a must and it's a hope. And I would even say it's a, it's a must in general for Warzone um, for the future of its showcase, even tournaments, even if we don't go league, I think your showcase tournaments value is just skyrocketing from a viewer okay. perspective and even potential like CCV's perspective, a potential to sell spots for sponsors perspective for a main broadcast. It's just a, a huge, huge win. Um, the question is how long does it take to build that tech? And, uh, and how difficult is it? How costly is it? Will that eventually kind of like balance on on the spreadsheets? But um, final conversation for today, um, after a little bit of a rocky podcast here with the internet, um, is my our bad, uh, it's not your fault, not your fault. Is our fake check marks or our yeah. bot check marks our Twitter blue? Now, Katie, I feel like I should probably take lead on this, considering you're already verified, so you can give your opinions on it, and I will be one to stand up and say yes. I have paid for Twitter blue and I have bought a check mark for myself. Why is the question? There's a lot of drama in the scene about this check mark stuff for good reason, right? But those that have already been verified, either earned or paid, because there is was a way to pay for them, by the way, but it doesn't matter. Earned most of the time for at least in our world. Um, earned, you earned your check mark, you're notable, you did something that was notable, or you're in some sort of crazy amount of articles, whatever. Great. Obviously frustrating when you're using your verified tab and on your your kind of I'm not actually sliding you when I say this, but on your kind of ego high horse of I only talk to verified people. This is not at Katie. This is at verified users that are saying this. Um, now that verified tab is completely clogged with all kinds of people. People that have a hundred followers can have a check mark. People that have uh, a million followers have a check mark, and you can't delineate between those two unless you click on their name or click on their profile, go into their profile, then click the check mark, which will tell you whether or not it was earned via the old version of the verified right. system or Twitter Blue. So, Katie, give me your thoughts on it, and then I'll I'll tell you my side of the story on the on the check mark thing. Look, if this causes the inevitable downfall of Twitter, I, I'm on that. I'll <laughs> leave the charge. I don't really care. Um, <laughs> it's incredible. But, uh, here's uh, look. Checkmarks make nothing anymore. Not that they really meant a whole lot in, in the first place. Yeah. Um, they, they were so watered down already that it was like, what does it actually mean to have a checkmark? It's purely just like a clout ego thing. Sure. A and it's just the, it's just the, ooh, this is really shiny and I want this because other people have this, but uh, uh, more people don't have it and I want to be in the cool kids club. It doesn't actually mean anything. Uh, but you are, are right. It does give you visibility. It'll put you toward the top of replies. It'll allow you to know that an account is legitimate. Yep. The fact that they rolled this out without even considering. And I do actually believe I saw something today that that Twitter team was like, hey, here's a seven page document of all the ways that this could be abused if you just suddenly allow people to buy a check mark. And it has been abused. Scammers, people pretending that they're someone they're not, etc. Anyway, long short. It means that the check mark is entirely pointless. And I would actually be very much so on board with no one having check marks except for things like government entities and things like that, as opposed to actual and maybe like massive, massive celebrities. Uh, everyone else don't care. Put us all in the same, put us all in the same pot. But well, so. Uh, yeah, go ahead. No, I hear you on that, and I agree. And the check marks thing, like, obviously, uh, as somebody that is a caster in this space and that runs 50-plus percent of their business through Twitter and Twitter DMs, I it was a no-brainer to pay for this. I don't care about $8 in the end of the day. And and I know some people, like, that's an expense that you can't handle, and that's totally fair and a legitimate concern, especially when I say this first point, which is um, mm. there have been a lot of conversations around Elon even saying, who obviously bought Twitter, if you didn't know that, um, and, and has become like the CEO or something, and it's just like changing everything, is that tweets will begin to be suppressed if you don't have a checkmark. The checkmark's purpose now is to verify that you are a legitimate human being, not a bot or a spam account. And so everybody's going to try to have, he wants everybody to have a checkmark. Now, not everybody's going to pay for it, obviously, but if you don't pay for it, your tweets are going to be suppressed because everybody's going to think you're a bot, which... Well, here's the question, Goge, that I actually have. If you are verified, uh, like I am, do your tweets get suppressed 
because you still have not bought Twitter Blue, yeah, I don't know. even though you are verified? Yeah, that's a great question. I, and there's a lot of it, what I, Flowers said in the chat. Like, this is public testing. Like, they're just hitting yes. the button that says change things without doing any, like, micro testing. They're just saying, yeah, roll it out, see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, it's caused a lot of issues. But from from the my side of things, from a business side, it's like, easy, duh. If I can make sure my things aren't suppressed, I will pay for it, A. B, uh, if it means that the only people getting read, DMs read, are the people with check marks, because everybody has a check mark. So if you don't, then you're obviously, you know, not a person I need to talk to, then that's a no-brainer as well. I have to. Uh, it's obviously a business expense from from my line of work since I do this full-time. Um, but it's also the only way I'm going to be able to talk to a brand in DMs, which is funny enough, actually a thing, um, that I do a lot of times and a lot of other people do is you talk to brands in DMs first, and then you can go into a more legitimate form of conversation after would be to be verified. Um, there were a lot of concerns with the rollout too, because there was a lot of impersonation really quickly where there was some really funny and then some like horrible where for instance, there is a company um that sells um insulin and for those that know the the industry i don't need to go into the medical side a ton but like insulin was way overcharged like it was absolutely like it's atrocious and it like is a life-saving you know thing that people need crazy price gouge well the (laughs) company there's a company that sells it and a somebody impersonated the company bought twitter blue with a better twitter handle by the way than the original twitter <laughs> handle it's like more closer directly tied to the company name and they tweeted out insulin is now free for everybody the company's stock tanked by legitimately 80 percent amidst other things that were going on with the price and it was like oh there's actually real world ramifications for this like this is something we're not thinking about there's a lot of other things i wouldn't bring up on the on the podcast because they're a little bit they're rough i mean people dropping slurs and like all kinds of stuff oh oh and look people took that and abused which is the most obvious thing in the world that would would come out of that um but that's why i sit there and i'm like I would, uh, I'd rather you just remove check marks entirely and find some sort of verification for people. But again, here's the thing. What he's doing with this is that he's moving Twitter, Twitter, like Facebook, uh, is free for a reason. It's not actually free. They take your data, they take all your information and they sell it to a million billion different people. So it's not really free. Uh, But if you want to move away from that free model, well, you got to make the money somewhere and subscription services are one of the most obvious ways that a platform like Twitter would do that. And that yeah. is what Elon Musk is trying to do. Um, granted, I'm sure they're all still going to sell all your data anyway. Um, but uh, people seem to forget as well that Twitter is not nor really was it ever this massively, massively profitable uh, company. Um in 2016, Twitter was very close to the brink of bankruptcy and and going down the tubes. Obviously, there was there was the uh, election that you really really kind of took Twitter to this next level because of the use of the platform. But um, it, it's going to be curious to see what Elon Musk does with trying to turn Twitter into a more of a stable, profitable business. But okay, we we're kind of like way way off base from where we where we started things. I think the case in point of this is that. Um, the, the fake check mark, it's not fake. It's a real check mark, just like anyone else's is real. It's just the who's more realsy than the next person. Um, it, it just seems sort of dumb. And I don't, I've seen people with check marks who were previously verified arguing why it's valid for them to be upset. I have seen people who bought it uh, arguing why they shouldn't be upset. Long live Twitter blue. And coach, I just... <sighs> It's a it's a fucking check mark. Who really cares? <laughs> sure. Uh, like, uh, people. Pe- pe- <laughs> people shouldn't care as much as they do. Definitely. I think there's an interesting conversation here. The only reason this even comes up on our podcast is because the gaming world is intrinsically tied to Twitter. Um, yes. It always has been. And I don't know if it always will be considering who knows what's going to happen with, with Twitter. But it is dumb. It is a stupid conversation. But it's a conversation worth having because gaming is so directly tied. I personally, and this might be a hot take, I think if Twitter goes down in the blaze of glory and everybody stops using it, I think the gaming world is deeply, deeply hurt by that. I, I think the gaming connectivity between content creators, mm-hmm. between, um, you know, even like brands in the gaming world, like goes 
drastically down. Where do you go? What am I DMing people on Instagram? Am I am I on the Reddit sub pages now? Like Twitter has been the place where content creators, gaming We're people, going back to interact. MySpace, coach. Like, We're I going just, back. I think if Twitter goes down a place of glory and literally goes down and is gone, uh, somebody somewhere is going to create the new wave and make. I'm sure someone already money. is. I'm so, sure there there has to be people who are already doing exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, th th that's exactly what I'm saying from Lamb Like the gaming timeline, it's set back like five to, to like six, seven, eight years because there's just so much interaction and community involvement and sponsorship opportunities and, and driving interactions to other live streams. And like, there's just so much that goes on on Twitter that couldn't really re be replicated other places. But then you start thinking about the people that have tried to replace Twitter for the gaming world. Reddit has, has been a, decent place for community discussion but never a place for community connectivity instagram's really never worked well in the gaming scene because no. nobody really the cares app doesn't even work well yeah true <laughs> but then the other the other things that have popped up obviously discord is very intrinsic intrinsically tied to the gaming <laughs> world they don't have a social media platform but they have connectivity could there be some sort of social media discord uh thing that could happen you've got a group like juked i believe they were called that tried to be that intermediary between like a discord and a, and a twitter they tried to be this gaming that's basically kerfuffled now um it, it's nobody really picked it up because twitter is insurmountable right. at this point so you're gonna see somebody like a juked or somebody similar to that try to make the first big push if twitter goes down in a blaze of glory um and they will catch every gamer and gamer community with it um if done correctly um, I, I mean, look, I think something like this and not not that Vine compares to to Twitter necessarily, but just bear with me here. If Twitter really goes down in a blaze of glory, I don't think we should underestimate the ingenuity and pace at which things would replace it. Uh, I think it would be very rapid. You look at Vine and then you get TikTok in the ashes of Vine. And what I mean by that is that you get a massively popular, better version of the foundation it was built upon, right? I think you would see fairly rapidly the same thing happen with something like Twitter. Um, and and that's what I mean in a sense of uh, something like Twitter having a, a lack of, of competition um, isn't really a, a good thing. I do agree. It would certainly set back the gaming industry. I just don't think it, when you look beyond gaming that it's really a net negative if uh, if something comes from Twitter failing. Yeah. Could, could be a negative, could be a positive. It just depends on how fast it can be executed and created because the gaming community desperately needs something like that. And the, the final point on, on this, and then we can kind of close it out here, Katie, is that I, I know there was this conversation from Elon about um you know hey we want to what if we paid 10 percent more than every contract on youtube and bought a bunch of youtubers to start making long-form content on twitter it would completely revolutionize the the social media that we all know and love i don't know that it would it's really hard to retrain the human brain um in an entire population of twitter users that never look for long-form content on twitter the longest video i've ever right. watched on twitter is like i think my cast reel which is like three minutes like you know right. what i mean like right. you just it, nobody does that so um if they start upgrading Twitter from like a video perspective, maybe um, I just don't think that's going to be a valuable use of money. And that would ultimately drive it deeper into bankruptcy. But it is what it is. Yeah. And again, these are these are massively high level conversations that I am sure are happening with many people far smarter uh, yeah, right. <laughs> on this situation than, than us True. as we sit here and, and speculate. But I just I, I find it funny when we talk about Shitter's Digest. We all sit here and we say, uh, what should we talk about? Obviously, big things like Tommy and Rated out uh, at 100T, uh, big signings from LG with five people coming in. But the, the fake, fake check marks, um, it, it did cause a little bit of a dust up and lord knows we leave we needed it because shooters digest was feeling a little dusty there wasn't a lot going on and i know now that warzone 2 is about to come out i feel like shooters digest will start filling itself out again oh, with, some, with some more juicy uh, morsels I, I totally, totally agree. Well, uh, that is all on the Elon Musk controversy, at least for now. I know there was some other little inklings of things. He he, like talked on Twitter with uh, Fwiz uh, about potentially mm -hmm. hopping over and, and joining the Twitter team. Because I don't think that goes He was anywhere. talking about YouTube and things like that. It was... Uh, 
it was pretty cool. But hey, that's all we've got. Sudo Digest. This has been the Bot Lobby Podcast. Um, Katie, final thoughts. Any, where can people find you, of course? And then also anything that you've got exciting that you're working on? Um, all the socials scrolling uh, below us. Uh, got some stuff in the works. Can't quite talk about any of it um, just yet. But really excited to see competitively what comes out of Warzone 2. Looking forward to it. And of course, uh, once again, a massive congratulations. Uh, long overdue to noobs on joining Luminosity. Yeah, heck yeah. Uh, Grandmaster Coach, all major socials, trying to rebrand a go to sometime, but I've got to make some power moves to dra- grab that four-letter ha- four handle. Um, yeah, just did a Brawl Stars tournament, which was crazy. Three days of, of mm-hmm. hosting for Brawl Stars, and Brawl Stars community welcomed me with open arms. Really appreciated. Uh, they they gave me so much love. Um, excited about Warzone Mobile, potentially events coming down the line for that. That would mm-hmm. be sick. And of course, Warzone 2.0. Let's be very clear. Hire Katie and I for Warzone 2.0. We want it. We got to have it. We've got the most experience in the industry in the Warzone scene. I think on paper that is actually true um, in terms of in the booth. Uh, of course, maybe other people have played the game more, but uh, in the booth, there's nobody that, that parallels our experience. Would love to work it. Other than that, I think that's all we got for the episode, Katie. Uh, folks at home, thanks for joining us, Whether wherever you watch us. Uh, until next time, we'll see you then.